Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Special announcement, it's our 150th week doing the show, which is kind of crazy. We don't have any yeah. huge celebrations like we did for 50 or 100, because 150 is not really a notable number, even though it is Mm-mm. 100 plus 50. But, you know, <laughs> worth mentioning, stay tuned for uh, our 200th episode. And we're going to hop right in. Um, <laughs> stay stay with tuned for number episode. five. Literally now. a year from now. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a year from now, it's going to be worth it. Um, but we're here with the normal crew. I'm Lucas. I'm here with... From the left to the bottom of my screen, Aiden, Bart, Jared, and Wyatt. Uh, and we're going to get started, as we always do, with some news we missed. Starting with our beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They've been on a little bit of a winning streak recently. They beat BYU 28-20 in Las Vegas this weekend. BYU, who was previously ranked in the top 25. And Notre Dame actually has some top 25 votes again now this week. So, anybody have anything they want to add on that point? I think I saw that North Carolina and BYU had more votes than us yeah. somehow still, even though we've yeah. about those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, my my take is don't let this game fool us into thinking like Drew Pine is the long-term answer quarterback. If we want to compete for national championships, we need to get in the transfer portal. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Sir. All right, it's more college football news. Texas A&M. Almost beat Alabama, scores 24-20, to 20, but because it was so close, Alabama dropped from 1-3 to three in the AP poll this week. Thoughts on Texas A&M or Alabama from anybody? All-time terrible play call from Texas A&M on the goal line. They didn't do anything right on that play. Jimbo Fisher is just not a the offensive guru he was supposed to be. Ever, ever since he's been there, their offense has been pretty atrocious, which I think is funny. And he's got, like, a phone book in his hands of play sheets, so it's kind of crazy. Doesn't matter if none of them work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need to condense down to one one sheet, Jambo. Yeah, it's like how, like, fancy restaurants have, like, the, the menu that's just, like, one page because they it, do it all so well. Exactly. Versus, like, you know, some restaurant that has got, like, a 40-page menu but doesn't do any of it well. It's a perfect metaphor. So, <laughs> if I do congratulate myself, I guess. <laughs> uh, it was anyway, a good metaphor. It was. You can Thank do you. it. Thank you. I'll pat myself on the back uh, for those of us watching at home. Um, we're going to hop around to some baseball a little bit in our news we missed. Uh, wild card round happened. The Phillies beat the Cardinals. The Guardians beat the Rays. The Mariners beat the Blue Jays. And the Padres, unfortunately, beat the New York Mets. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I don't have much else to say besides that. It just seemed like it was written by, like, TV writers the end of the Mets season just to be as classically depressingly Mets as possible after getting our hopes mm-hmm. up all year long. But anyway, I'm not bitter, though. I'm not bitter. No, not at all. No. no. Doesn't sound like it. No, never. Jared, you've claimed the Mariners are America's team. Yeah, the Mariners are America's team because I think most of America does not want the Astros to win a World Series. And the Mariners are the lovable underdog this year because this is their first time in the playoffs in 21 years. So 
Yeah. They've also played in a lot of really exciting games, too. Obviously blowing a huge lead today uh, while everybody on the West Coast was working, uh, unfortunately. But um, they blew a huge lead today, but then they came back to um, in their AL or in their wild card round down, what, seven runs, I think? Yeah. To come back and win that game. So they've been in some wild games. Truly. We'll see what happens. Hey, the Phillies also got off to a good start, being the Braves 7-6 to six today as well. And it looks like as we speak... The Yankees are beating the Guardians four to one, and the Dodgers are beating the Padres two nothing. So. Uh, Lucas is going to get a Yankees Phillies World Series. The Eagles are going to the Super uh-huh. Bowl. A two loss Notre Dame is going to somehow make the playoff, and uh, <laughs> this is the year. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, it's all lining we need up. Marshall, we need Marshall to go on a run. We need that <laughs> yeah. quality loss. What? How is Marshall doing <laughs> this year? Since I'm, I'm that pretty game? sure absolutely terrible. But I don't know. Uh, was, yeah, they're three and terrible. two. That's not like okay, that's not bad. they lost to Troy and Bowling Green. Yeah, that's not like, good. I don't know. <laughs> they could get a ranked, uh, a, a ranked win over James Madison though next week. So then it'll be great. They play tomorrow. <laughs> they play on a Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> Prime time. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is prime time. Yeah. All right, we have a couple NFL things, um, then we'll hop right into our main segments for the week. First, uh, Devonte Adams, wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, pushed a cameraman who then filed a police report after. Not yeah, the first time this week you're going to hear about some violence on this show. If, uh, <laughs> if Devonte Adams pushed me, I would have had to have been carted off the field. I would, they would have had to fly a helicopter in to take me away. Oh, that's, how, that's how much I would have sold it. Fair. <laughs> um, and then there have been a series of bad roughing the passer calls, some of the worst I've ever seen this weekend in the NFL against Tom Brady and against Derek Carr. Yes. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of just like the way I think the NFL kind of likes having bad refs because when like, people talk about the NFL, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like one of those things. Like, there's always a ref shortage. And it's the same faces every year. So, like, where's the shortage, really? But, you know. I don't think it's a good thing, though, when your league is being talked about in a farcical way, you know, as a joke. No, I don't think But so is anybody either. turning off the TV because they, like, yeah, I can't watch sure. these refs? <laughs> no one. No one really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to lead us into our main show. We're going to start with a beloved segment. Uh, the BCTOTW, for those of you new to the show, it is the Blue Collar Team of the Week in reference to college football usually. And Aiden, you're the only one who has not awarded the BCTOTW yet this year, so the floor is yours. I've been waiting for this moment for a long <laughs> five weeks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to pick the Illinois Fighting Illini, yeah. which to start out with is the laziest team name that there's ever been. The, f- mm-hmm. the first idea that was pitched. Phillies so is obviously. lazy. What? <laughs> yeah. Philly, the Phillies is the Phillies doesn't even the have Philly. an adjective before it, so it's like <laughs> the <know>. Philadelphia <laughs> Philly, <laughs> the Philly Phillies. But yeah, that, that's yep. true. That's that's definitely up there. Um, but anyway, we picked Kansas recently. I forget if that was last week or the week before. And here we're going to go with another mm-hmm. traditionally basketball school. Um, the Fighting Illini beat Iowa nine to six this week. You know, Iowa is a recurring character 
in our blue collar team of the week segment. <laughs> They're a strong candidate for blue collar team of the year, the Alabama of that title, truly. Um, like in half the games this year, neither team has scored 10 points, which is incredible. <laughs> um, but anyway, Illinois won this game, as the score implies, only on field goals. They were led by their backup QB since their starter was injured in the first quarter. So Art Sikowski, that's his real name, um, was under center and went 13 for 19 for 74 yards of passing uh, along with an interception <laughs> to lead the team to victory. Um, and to make it even better, Illinois went on a game-winning field goal from their backup kicker, a walk-on. Oh. Everything about that is, is blue-collar. That's make crazy. The Illinois blue, version blue collar, yeah. of Rudy. For this dude, um, and they're now five and one. Which until they were ranked this week, which they're I think twenty fourth ranked for the first time in eleven years. I did not realize that they were doing anywhere near that well. So shout out Illinois, good work. Yeah, I don't know how you throw thirteen or complete thirteen passes for seventy four <laughs> yards. Yeah, I just looked it up, and his his average yards per attempt was four, not even four. So what what do you think his average depth it's of target? Ad- <laughs> mediocre running back. <laughs> I know. Every single one of their running backs who had more than had like any number of carries, like had more yards per carry than he did yards per pass, which is like football wise should not logistically happen. I feel like hey, it, wor- winner, it works though. if you're it works if you're Travis Kelsey. Honestly, like seven receptions, four touchdowns. Dude, like I lost if <laughs> yeah, Travis Kelsey just needed to get like I don't know actual yards for his catches for me to win in fantasy this week. So. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. bitter that he oh. just scored touchdowns and did nothing else. Oh. Thirty points wasn't enough, or whatever he got. You got like yeah, 30. I was I was down by a bit to Wyatt, but <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was maybe yeah. asking a lot out of Travis. But Travis <laughs> is the best of us. Wyatt, fantasy football juggernaut, almost. Almost. You played Michael Thomas this week, dude. That's why you lost. Michael Thomas didn't even play. I know, I know. It was a really a rookie mistake. <laughs> but I don't think any of my backup receivers scored the, the eight points I would have needs, needed. So. No, they didn't. Another. I'm looking at it. Really <laughs> <laughs> huh, it's okay. My dad, who I played in fantasy football this week, had three players with more than 30 points, which I've like never yeah. seen ever in yeah, fantasy that's crazy. Who do you have? Uh, he had like Josh Allen, like uh, Fournette, and yeah, Leonard Fournette went off, and Austin, and Austin Eckler, and he also yeah. didn't play Jacoby Myers on his bench who had twenty four points. Why yeah. you didn't play Gabe Davis and still beat me? And that's no, I didn't, but I lost to Gabe Davis in a different oh, league, yeah. and I was okay. just like, yeah. this doesn't happen in real like. He no, nobody pay. catches three <laughs> catches for one hundred and seventy one yards. That's <laughs> ridiculous. And I know if I play Gabe Davis next week. He'll, he'll have three catches for 11 yards. <laughs> it's like that one where he lost that line. What was the – it was just like that, right? Oh, really? He, he had three catches for three touchdowns and like 100-some yards too. Mm-hmm. 63. <laughs> Dang. Gabe Davis better than Randy Moss. <laughs> you heard first, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh. All right. Well, after that digression – uh, congratulations to Illinois uh, for being the Blue Collar Team of the Week. And we're going to stay with college football for our next main segment. And we're talking Big 12. So the Big 12, it's wide open this year. Kansas and TCU, two of the highest ranked teams in the Big 12, playing a close matchup uh, with TCU just eking out a victory. Kansas State is ranked. 
and Texas beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing this past weekend. <laughs> uh, so the juggernaut of the last 10 years in the Big 12 seems to have lost its place. Um, so a lot with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the conference, um, it seems like there might be potential for the conference to sort of fall away. But this year might have proven otherwise. Lots of teams really playing well. So Bart, has this conference shown it can maintain its relevance without Oklahoma and Texas? Unfortunately, I think the answer is no. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna k- kind of go in here, so bear with me. But like I, <laughs> I think the answer is no. I thought when I was first thinking about this that it would be yes because of how hit and miss Texas has been recently. Uh, what I didn't realize is just how dominant Oklahoma has been, and so that's kind of where I'm coming from. People are gonna want to talk about this season and the parody, and you know, Big Twelve has arguably been the best conference in the league or in the nation. Yada yada yada. But I don't think it's I don't think it's worth spending too much time on that because it's it's like five games. It's just not enough. Um, five games definitely isn't even a, enough. A full season probably isn't enough. Like last year, Baylor won. Where are they right now? Middle of the Big Twelve. They're three and two. Two years ago, Iowa State was the runner up. They got worse last year. This year, they're even below Baylor. They're three and three. So I'm more interested. I'm talking about the the last ten seasons here, uh, mm-hmm. because to me, the Big Twelve remaining relevant is going to be about somebody stepping up and filling Oklahoma's shoes, like as the juggernaut. So, like, yeah, there's just a whole lot of ways where Oklahoma is, like, the clear-cut number one. Look at conference championships. Oklahoma has won seven in the past ten years. The next closest is three. Look at end-of-year AP polls. Oklahoma was ranked at the end of the year eight times. The next best was uh, Oklahoma State at five. Uh, Look at college football playoff appearances. How many has any team not named Oklahoma in the Big 12 had? Zero. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma was 0-4 of those games, uh, which I think is funny, but that's a little bit beside the point. And so that's one thing. Uh, and then so some people are probably going to say, like, okay, well, obviously those things are going to improve once Oklahoma's not around to run the conference, right? Like somebody else is going to be mm-hmm. winning. Um, and so I thought maybe we should also look at things that are, like, not directly tied to being in Oklahoma's conference. So look at ranked matchups. Unfortunately, Oklahoma's still the best. They won 64% of their ranked matchups in the past decade. The next best is Oklahoma State at 52. Nobody else won more than half. Look at draft picks. Oklahoma doubles the second most draft picks in the Big 12 in the past 10 years. They had 53. Baylor had 27. TV viewership. This article I found was last year, but still, based on those numbers, Oklahoma's the eighth most viewed uh, team in the country. Texas is 13th. Next best is Oklahoma State at 19th. So obviously, once those two programs leave, like, you're not going to be able to just replace that. And some people might point to the new teams that are coming in, right? Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF. That's relevant. I think that's great for the conference. But even looking at those same metrics, when you include those four new teams, Oklahoma State is still the cream of the crop. So to me, the answer is no, because like, it, you can't just replace the juggernaut. No team has demonstrated that they're going to be able to fill Oklahoma's shoes consistently from year to year. Great for, great for uh, TCU and Oklahoma State that they're undefeated right now. I'm happy for the Big 12 that there's parity. But, like, year to year, the Big 12 sees a lot of shuffling anyway. So I'm not convinced yet that once Oklahoma leaves, they're going to be, like, you know, s- staying that way. Some clear-cut team needs to be the number one team, and I'm not seeing it yet. Mm-hmm. So you think that to maintain relevance, they do need a – like, it can't just be a thing where every year – one or two teams are kind of shuffling and getting that top spot. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest indictment is the Oklahoma going 0-4 in the playoff. Because if, like, some presumably worse team is going to be making the playoffs now because, you know, the, the conference champion will be getting in. And they're getting shellacked by even more. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not encouraging. 
Yeah. My counterpoint, though, is that the Pac-12 gets more crap for not even getting a team into the playoffs. So I feel like it's it's better to make the playoffs and get obliterated than just not than just miss the playoffs. And I, I feel like with Oklahoma outside of the conference now, it's easier for any one team to make the playoffs now. Well, but then, I mean, they'll be more relevant because of the new playoff rules and not because the team is good, per se, right? Yeah, that's fair. To be fair, I mean, yeah. not that many teams have been good in the playoff system. It's pretty much just been exactly. Ohio State and Clemson and the SEC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame twice, you know. I mean, we haven't been good, won, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if any team does step up to fill a juggernaut role, it probably is Oklahoma State, not only because of, like, the popularity metrics that you mentioned, Bart, but also, like, I think they're one of the most consistently, like, underrated teams in college football. Like, we don't talk about them as, like, a great program, but they've had five 10-win seasons in the last 10 years. Um, they consistently are, like, always in the talk for... New Year's Six games, they won one last year against Notre Dame. Um, I think that, like, the fact that Oklahoma, they always have to play little brother to Oklahoma in the conference is, like, sort of, like, stunted their progress. But I think, like, with Oklahoma out now, there's, like, a chance Oklahoma State could sort of slide into that position based on, like, their consistent level of being, like, pretty good over the last decade or so, coupled with the fact that there's really no other big competitors in town. Like, I could see them stringing together a few undefeated seasons over the next few years. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, there. I would also say that, unfortunately, for the Pac-12 or Pac-10, it's gonna it's gonna be soon. Uh, the Big 12 will not be the worst conference uh, likely. This was kind of a worst case scenario. This weekend was a worst case scenario for the Pac-12 slash Pac-10 teams that aren't leaving because now USC and UCLA are the only two undefeated teams, and they're both leaving that conference. <laughs> so the Big 12 will at least be ahead of them. So that I think that helps them. If they're worried about losing, like, some Power 5 status or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because there is a really big question of, like, how much is losing Oklahoma going to work or going to cost them if Oklahoma is actually about to see some kind of drought, which maybe that's reading too much into things. But they had a really good regime going before Lincoln Riley with Bob Stoops and everything. And then Lincoln Riley kept that going. And who knows? That could end to some degree. Yeah, like you, you said this a couple episodes ago, Aiden, that they're super vulnerable mm-hmm. right now because they're going to move into the SEC, yeah. and if you move on a losing streak, trying to recruit against that and then playing against mm-hmm. those teams every week. I don't see it working out for Oklahoma personally, but hopefully they prove me wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like this is worst-case scenario for them, what's happening at the moment, where they're 0-3 in the Big 12 right now, <laughs> and they're about to move, so they're trying to get people on board, and if they you know enter the sec is bad and just become kind of I, I can't really see them being a bottom dweller but just like a team well, that's average look at what happened in nebraska in the mix yeah that's yeah fair. nebraska well, left the they left the big 12 well it was <laughs> like the big eight at the time that they left maybe <laughs> the bit right and they went to the big i think 10 it was the big 12 when they lost it but yeah, okay, okay. yeah. and this could all, all be that, reading yeah. too much into oklahoma's start to this year i realize they lost a lot of people mm-hmm. this offseason um mm-hmm. but still it's one year, yeah. Well, but we'll see. Not encouraging. Yeah. All right, so we sort of discussed the Big Twelve at large, you know, on a high level. But let's boil it down to this year. Who do we think is the favorite to win the Big Twelve this year? 
I feel like Jared has an answer. It's Texas, baby. Yeah. It is. Why didn't I talk about <laughs> this earlier? If yeah. if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt, I think they'd be literally be ranked number one in the nation right now. I'm not even. I think they would be too. <laughs> I'm 100 confident in that as well. Yeah. I also think, like, I think a two-loss Texas team that runs the table and wins the Big 12 would make the playoff. I don't know Ooh. if that's a hot take or not. That's a hot take, I but think. It is. I, think okay, it is. Yeah. I can see <laughs> it happening. But four of their final six games are against ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Um, though those ranked teams might you know, cannibalize themselves in the meantime. But they'd have to get through OK State. They'd have to get through TCU. They'd have two losses, yes. But one of them would be to Bama. And the other is an overtime loss to a solid tech team without their starting quarterback. So yeah. I could see a serious case being made for them. And obviously, it all depends on what happens elsewhere. What else happens? Um, but I think that is very possible. Yeah. No. Wait, so this like... is a dumb question. I'm, I'm just racking my brain right now. Has a two-loss team made the playoff yet? No. Okay. I think Bama almost did, right, at some point. But yeah. No. Didn't quite. But, you know, the football gods will, you know, the committee will pull strings to get a name like Texas in there if they have to. So oh, you, I'm not worried yeah, about see, it. Every, <laughs> any other team that they're comparing against either has no quality losses or only one quality loss. Texas has two. So. <laughs> big difference. Big, big difference. Get, get in on 0-12 with 12 quality losses. Exactly. <laughs> Nebraska. <I don't> know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My lazy answer is just whoever wins the the OK State TCU game this week. Oh, oh that's, that's fair as well. Mm. No, yeah, OK State's a dangerous team. I'm not 100 percent sold on TCU. Their defense seems a little porous, but we'll see. Okay. I would love Kansas. Still, it's not out of the total yeah. realm of possibility. Yeah. Their quarterback's got for the season, though, right? I saw that. Yeah. Jalen Daniels, whose smile they really kept talking about on the broadcast this weekend. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else watched, but they're like, there were at least three comments of like, the man's smile lights up a room, and I'm like, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kansas is one of those teams that, just in general, like they have a brand already, right, through basketball. So I, I feel like they're one of the more promising, um, you know, teams to actually use their current season success to be successful in the future. Like I could see them becoming actually good you know usual team if they can get some recruits and get this kind of regime going yeah exactly but we'll see all right well up next we're going to let Wyatt just take a little victory lap in the nfl uh (laughs) the broncos are bad Wyatt predicted that at the beginning of the year they lost 12 to 9 to the colts on thursday night football last week of which I was the only person to predict that correctly. Uh, the goal to win. <laughs> so oh. ba- barely. Barely. But next was... next year, we're going to create a point, a point system that that includes the score in the point system, where if you're not close, you don't get the extra, you don't get the bonus points for it. You did pick the Colts would win, so we'll give you that. But, <laughs> but I was telling Jared, what's yeah. the point of doing the score if it means nothing? I'm going to predict 100 to 101 next week. Yeah, it's cool if you get it right. <laughs> no, we've never, right, well, we've never gotten it right. Yeah, but someday it'll happen and it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be really cool. <laughs> so cool. Anyway, why take your take your victory lap on the Broncos? First and foremost, everybody, go ahead and sign a petition so that the Broncos are never again on national television. <laughs> they've been on TV three times, and they've also been a part of the three worst games we have ever seen. 
<laughs> every week they find a way to top themselves, and the Colts is is the icing on the cake. But I I told everyone so how bad the Broncos are going to uh, that the, this horrific start was was called by nobody but me, and I told you that Russell Wilson was not this was pocket technician that he thinks he is and that he wants to have this hero brand of football that is outside his scope of abilities. He he wants to be Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. He wants to be a guy who can dissect the defense, always make the right throw, but he does not have that level of decision making. He he's never had that level of de- decision making. And tell me when you see him on Sundays, does he look like a tactician at all even in the slightest bit? He's excelled with a strong running game and his ability to be a threat on the ground running for first downs or extending the play in some fashion, and he refuses to do so, which is exactly why he left Seattle. He wants the pass-heavy offense with, with himself at the helm, but look how well Seattle was doing with Geno Smith with exactly the offense that he needs to be in for him to be the guy we all thought he was, or at least everybody but me thought he was coming into this year. I mean, just like he, the game, the brand that he wants to play – doesn't exist. He can't do it. Don't don't let the rainbow deep ball fool you that he has this crazy ability to be an accurate passer. He has a great deep ball and he's better than most game managers. But as of right now, he is a gang manager on the same tier as Dak Prescott was. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a game manager, but he just he thinks he's the hero. And I called it. <laughs> he has a shoulder injury, Wyatt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I actually I don't believe that one bit. <laughs> you don't believe me? No. Oh my goodness. He may have a so- shoulder injury, but I mean he's played plenty of games on it, and it doesn't. His shoulder injury did not uh, affect his ability to miss KJ Hamler in the end zone. So, you know. Yeah, I definitely thought the Broncos were going to be good this year. So, I will admit it. I definitely thought they were going to be better than last year. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought they were just a quarterback away, which Russ is not that guy. But also, there's more holes than we thought than I thought. I want to see them with a healthy Tim Patrick. That's all I'm gonna say. Third string wide receiver. That's important in that offense. <laughs> it is important. It's a big difference maker. Did you mention this too, Wyatt? That they're they're gonna be on primetime again this Monday. Oh, I'm sure. They really? And they'll be a part of the four worst games <laughs> we've sure. ever seen after that point. They gotta stop. They gotta find a way. If they, if it's a if it's a Monday Flex night him. game, don't play the game. Just or don't don't show the game. Give us like don't a don't show the game. No no no. Give us a Hopefully rerun. Cast. Give us a rerun or something. You know? <laughs> the London game. Most yeah, people just do the London Giants. Game. That's it. <laughs> and I did not think that they would be this bad, but I didn't think they were going to be great. I thought they were the worst team in that division still, which. Record doesn't say so, but I think if you look at the Raiders, I think you would say that they're better. Um, and that, you know, respectfully, the, the offensive weapons are not just waiting to be awakened. Like, everything that they've always have been is exactly who they are now as far as, like, they're a limited offense with a really, really good defense and some talented players who never find a way to make it work. And if Russell Wilson just decided to embrace that he is the occasional splash play Every once in a while, not every play, but he wants to be. But you run the ball a lot. You have talented running backs before Javante Williams got hurt. 
You have an elite defense who's going to get you off, uh, get get themselves off the field on a regular basis, and you just you just throw every once in a while to a couple guys, and then you make them you, you just you just make them a little bit better. But now he wants to just like be the hero, have the ball in his hands, throw forty times. It doesn't work, and I was right. And that's the last time I actually want to talk about the Broncos ever. Never, yeah, never on the show even Real. once more again. What about when they make the Super Bowl at the end of the year? <laughs> <laughs> nope, we will not discuss the Super Bowl if the Broncos make it. Yeah, this we'll year. we'll move on to whatever sports next after that. <laughs> yeah, all right, we're talking Basketball about golf. season at the point. <laughs> the Live Golf Tour again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're sponsored by <laughs> the Live Golf Tour. We should. Hey, we'll take the money. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! I will. <laughs> Your solo show—that's what that's for, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a live golf solo show if you pay me the, the same uh, payout that everyone else is getting. I'm in. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we just discussed a team that played on Thursday night football last week. We're going to discuss one uh, that's playing this week. Two teams actually. Banger. We're going to discuss the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> another, another banger of the game. Between the awful one and four Washington Commanders and the awful <laughs> two and three Chicago Bears, um, I mean I'll watch it I guess because why not? But um, Bart, you're up first to predict it. Like we predict every week, what's the score of this game going to be? Okay, I take a little bit of issue with calling the Bears awful because they did like push the Vikes this this week. Uh, <laughs> it was a close game, so <laughs> just fundamentally, I I like the Bears here. Uh, I'm going to say 23-16. Um, the, the Bears' run defense has been awful, but the Commanders' offense is pass-oriented, and that's where the Bears thrive. Also, the Commanders have Carson Wentz. I don't know if you watched that last drive uh, where he drove them down the field, and then he threw such a classic Wentz interception to lose the game. I predict more of that. And frankly, the most important thing for me, Justin Fields actually looked decent against the Vikes. I think he's improving week to week. And I'm optimistic to see him play well again against the Commanders. So, I like the Bears in this one. Mm-hmm. Aiden, who you got? I'm taking the Commanders 13-12. to 12. Oh. <laughs> A stupid <laughs> score for a stupid game. Uh, I, You know, this QB battle is just going to be brutal to watch. I think Bart made good points. Uh, mine is less principled. I think that Carson's going to be playing mad. I don't know if y'all saw Ron Rivera when he was asked about the difference between the one and four commanders and the three other four and one NFC East teams. He said that the truth is that this is a quarterback driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. So everyone watch out a red faced, angry Carson Wentz is (laughs) ready to unleash his rage this week. Uh, So I think the commanders will take it. All right, fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back with Bart's uh, reasoning on this one, and I'm gonna pick the Bears. I'm gonna pick a scoregami because, <laughs> like we've discussed, score doesn't matter in what we're picking because uh, nobody's ever right. So I'm gonna manifest the scoregami. I'm gonna say twenty to eleven that the Bears win. Um, yeah, like just another brutal matchup on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I agree with Bart in the sense that I think like Fields is improving a little bit. The Bears did beat the 49ers this year, and the 49ers are good. And the 49ers are a good team. They pushed the Vikings, so I don't have a ton to base this off of. Uh, but yeah, I'll pick the Bears 20 to 11. Jared, you're up next. Uh, Wyatt earlier mentioned when we were talking about the roughing the passer calls that 
Uh, does it does it make people turn off the TVs? This game might make me turn off the TV. I'm not sure I'm going to watch this game. Uh, Rings of Power has been also kind of underwhelming for me on Amazon, so I don't have like the little appetizer to get into Rings of Power. Um, I need someone to talk to talk to about that show. That's not like a Tolkien fanboy, by the way, because I don't I haven't read the books. Oh, okay, Aiden, perfect. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Bears 2419 though. After all of that, is <laughs> what I think. All right. Why well, you're last up? Well, I disagree with Aiden that Carson Wentz will impose his emotional will on everybody because he's never done that. Um, it, in fact, he's just taken on the burden himself and completely shut down. I don't think we've ever seen an angry Carson Wentz. Uh, just maybe just uh, an emotionally scarred one. I picked the Bears twenty two sixteen. Bart, you shocked me by picking twenty three sixteen. I uh, oh. yeah. So I don't know. I just I'm a point lower. So I, hopefully I, I actually get the score right, and then I'm. Uh, you can eat it then, Bart. But <laughs> um, otherwise, I do think Justin Fields is getting better every week. Uh, I, don't, I know statistically he is the worst quarterback in the league, but when I watch him play, I don't see a guy who's the worst quarterback in the league. I see a guy who's on one of the worst teams in the league, and Darnell, Darnell Mooney had the catch of the year last week against the Vikings, so I was impressed. I, I said, whoa, uh, out loud, which, you know, you get a whoa out of me. I'm picking you to win the next week. Go Bears. <laughs> well hopefully this episode made you say whoa just like why it just did um if you enjoyed this podcast i ask one thing of 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 you please join the discussion by following us on either instagram or twitter and commenting on one of our posts love to hear from you our handle is lunchpailguys underscore and we hope to hear and we hope to uh that you guys join us for the episodes later this week mm-hmm.